Welcome to the Destiny Leaders Podcast, where we are dedicated to developing the leader in you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Destiny Leaders Podcast. I'm Phil Brassfield, and I'll be your host today, along with Jared Moss, who's part of our Destiny team here. And Jared, welcome to the studio. This is the very first episode of the Destiny Leaders Podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm really glad to be here, and I'm, I'm so pumped about the podcast. Yeah, it's, we believe it's going to be one of the most efficient, effective ways for us to communicate great content that is designed, as the announcer mentioned, to develop the leader in you. And so uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, it's it's the new year. Jared, have you got all your New Year's resolutions and everything's like on your refrigerator and on the mirror where you brush your teeth and all that stuff and your daytimer's been updated? Yes, I have uh, tied them to my doorposts and made them as frontlets to my eyes and everything else <laughs> the scripture says. Now I'm doing keto diet, so okay. trying to eat a lot of protein Fantastic. and stay away from bread and sugar. I'm working and I am, I'm making this, I'm actually really excited to read a lot of the Bible this year. I've read it every year, but I'm wanting to dive deeper this year. That's my goal. Fantastic. So the keto diet, so that's, you're looking pale today. And so apparently it's working. <laughs> yeah. It's draining the life out of yeah. me, but it's okay as long as the weight's going. You're reading the Bible at the same time, so you're spiritually inspired and physically emaciated. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. anyway, we're going to pray that you hold on. And we know that a lot of you are beginning uh, the 21 days of prayer and fasting and we yeah. certainly encourage that we're going to be participating with that as well and you know it's something about the new year it seems like we're hardwired to start over yes. you know i mean we know that really the new year is just an arbitrary date on the calendar yeah but yet it seems like culturally we have just been uh designed and programmed to start things fresh and right. kind of reevaluate ourselves and our lives and and decide well i want to do more of this and less of that and i want to try to accomplish these things and you know, sadly, often our New Year's resolutions become our first regrets yeah. <laughs> of the new year. Yeah, about but, midway through January. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I thought today's podcast, it would be great to kick it off with four mm. simple strategies to help us have the best year ever, uh, the, the best year that we've ever had. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Are you ready for the best year you've ever had? Yeah. Why okay, not? I'm ready for well. the best year I've ever had. <laughs> and that's exactly what uh, we're hoping and praying is going to happen. And I actually have drawn these principles from the book of Philippians. Okay. Now, Philippians is perhaps the most quoted, uh, certainly of Paul's letters, though it's one of the smallest. It's uh, maybe the most quoted uh, book that, that Paul wrote, and it's so power-packed. I mean, it's packed with incredible spiritual bombs, you know, yes. that he's writing. It's essentially a thank you letter. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's writing a thank you letter to the Philippian church who has been faithful in their financial support, and any of, any of the folks listening that you know, derive some of their living or their income from faithful support of supporters and contributors can understand Philippians. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean, they've been great. He says that you've again and again, you've participated in helping with my needs. And, yeah. and so it's a thank you letter. But embedded in this thank you letter are such powerful, mm. fundamental principles and such great teaching. And so I want to try to pull some of those out for our listeners today yeah. and help them utilize some of these steps to help plan the best year ever. Because I think having a great year is more than just about 
a list of five things you want to do more of and it's 10 things you want to do less of. I, I don't think it's just about checking off an agenda. Sure. I, I think there's more to success in the life of a believer than that and certainly a leader. And so we're going to pull some of that stuff out of Philippians today. And I guess I'd like to begin by asking, uh, and you and I were talking about this just before we went on air, uh, asking a couple of questions because this is what I ask myself as I begin to prepare for this new year. The first question is, where is God? Wow. Where is God in this year? Where do I see God moving in this year? Yeah. Uh, where do I see the hand of God? Where do I see his activities in the world? And then the second question is, where am I at? Wow. And when I asked myself that question, I had to think, okay, these things are not totally the same. <laughs> wow. Yeah. In other words, there was a gap between where I'm at, the space that I'm occupying, right. and the space that God is occupying. And I asked myself another question. What if I could answer those questions and say that they were the same? Wow. Wouldn't it be more powerful than just checking things off my resolution list? If right. I could say that God and I are in total sync. Wow. That we are in step. We are totally on the same page. I would believe that the best life I could ever have, the best year I could ever have, is going to be synonymous with me being where God is doing what God wants done. Yeah. Finding the will of God. Yeah. And then living in God's will uh, for my life. And so that's kind of how this thought progression began to develop in me. Okay. And and I then immediately went to the book of Philippians. It's just kind of where I, I felt landed, you know. Yeah. And uh, I began to see things emerge there that were powerful. And uh, so I'm going to give you four principles, and I just want to talk through them uh, with you, Jared, and uh, and I want your millennial perspective. So, uh, one of the reasons uh, this is our first podcast, and one of the reasons that Jared is joining me, uh, and there'll be other folks, other guests, and leaders that will be a part of this podcast as well in the days ahead. But Jared certainly is an anointed young man. He was an intern with us, traveled with me some, and now he's on staff at a great church not far away while he's also working uh, with Destiny. So you're one of those young guys doing a lot of different things. Yes, a lot of different things. And he also brings a real millennial understanding and perspective. And so our audience is diverse and we want to get as many different views of a subject as we can. And so, uh, Jared, how, how do you, before we get into these four steps, what do you think the general perspective of your generation is on New Year's resolutions and, you know, starting things fresh in the new year? Yeah, well, I think it's a lot. I mean, like any generation, I think, like you said, there's kind of this built-in, ingrained idea, even though it's January 1 and it's like at every, you know, every New Year's Eve, it's like three, two, one, happy new year. And, and you immediately have this sense of, Oh yeah, okay. It's still just another day. It's still just another minute, but it does, for some reason, feel like a fresh start. And um, I think that, regardless of age, regardless of you know generation, it's like I think humanity has this in us to refocus, contemplate things. It's like it's almost like the Lord maybe has even made these right, uh, hardwired yeah. dates in the calendar to really take inventory where we're at. What's where, where's our perspective? And as you were saying earlier about your perspective and where's God at? Where am I? I was thinking about kind of like, you know, 
kind of like if, if a jet engine, you know, starts to switch their course even just one degree at first, it's not that far off from their path. But over right. the course of a few thousand miles, they're really far off target. And I think throughout our year, uh, maybe even more so in my generation to an extent, because we're so plugged into technology, we're so busy. I just feel like I feel like the younger people are, the more busy we're getting, the more mm-hmm. distracted we are, the more we really look through other people's lives and social media. We look through other lenses. We're so focused on everything else that it's so easy especially as a believer to really kind of see that um really see that trajectory just get off course a notch so by the time december 31st comes you start to kind of scratch your head and think man like uh, i'm where, where where did i go i didn't this didn't really turn out how i wanted and mm. so once again right out of the gate january it's a time to really refocus in and so how that factors into being younger i'm not exactly sure i think there's a chance we're even more distracted if anything so well and I, and i think just listening to you talk about that i think one of the realities of this millennial generation is so much of their life is about their attention yes what they give their attention to and while that's not a millennial phenomenon, I think we all live in that world that yeah. whatever we give our attention to becomes dominant in our life. Right. I think, though, because of technology and mm-hmm. social media and the realities of technology as it's integrated into our lives, right. particularly with the millennials, that so much of your world and life is spent with your focus, right. your attention. And that sets it up really well for what I'm going to talk because actually the Apostle Paul way back when, 2,000 years ago almost, really addresses these fundamental issues as it relates to the church in Philippi and what he's talking to them about. For example, uh, let's just get right into this and and see it open up. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. I'll I'll read that for our listeners. Uh, Verse 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Of course, Paul speaking to the church at Philippi. Yeah. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all, uh, all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And I mean, that's all about focus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, when you think about yeah. it, the Apostle Paul it says, you know, when I remember you, and I think the first principle that I pulled out of that is if you're going to live your best year ever, you've got to learn to master your memories. Wow. Uh, so much of our time is wasted reliving the memories that are movies in our minds. You know, I think even Facebook now, or maybe it's one of the social media platforms, you can create a movie of your memories. Yes. You literally. know, yeah. and I mean, how much of our life is spent watching the movies of our memories? And right. sadly, they're mostly negative. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and not in yeah. every case, but in most cases, they're mostly negative. Moments of pain, moments of defeat, moments when you were at your worst, mistakes, failures. Uh, so we have to be careful that we don't give too much of our attention to the mi- the movies of our memories that were mistakes or failures. We have right. to learn to master our memories. And clearly Paul had done that because when I'm reading that passage and studying, you know, for this podcast, I'm thinking, okay, uh, Paul is thanking God upon every remembrance of them. I'm thinking, wait, Paul, what about the caning? <laughs> yeah. What about that whipping you took in Philippi, right? I mean, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, in Acts chapter 16, it's recorded, and, and you know, man, he endures a lashing. <laughs> yeah. And then is thrown into the inner prison. I mean, it's not that like outer prison right, where the, like right. the, the misdemeanors are. He's he's like in <laughs> where the major felonies are. You know, he's, he's in the inner prison, yeah. and they tell the jailer, keep him securely. In other words, they charge him to do that. 
that. Wow. And I'm thinking, Paul, he had like selective memory. It wasn't that he didn't remember what happened. It's like as he begins to open this book, it's like I've mastered my memory so that I choose to live in the memories of what's wonderful and what God was doing right. instead of what I had to endure. And that midnight hour when he and Silas were there, I mean, we see that evidence. Yeah. I mean, who can sing after having been beaten so badly and then thrown into the inner prison, but at the midnight hour, he's singing, giving praise to God. Yes. Then that's reflected in his writing the book years later. Yeah. Saying, when I think about you, it's not bad memories. I'm thinking of the good things that God did while I was there. It wasn't easy, but yet cho- uh, Paul chose to master his memory. And I'll tell you what, in my life, it seems like a lot of the success that I've enjoyed mm-hmm. and a lot of the defeats that I've avoided have been because I've chosen to remember the good things. And it would be Paul that would even later say, you know, in, in this same book, he said, look, whatever things are noble, whatever things are good, whatever right. things are of good report, whatever yes. things are pure, think on these think things. On these. Yes. I love that idea that just like you're talking about specifically, you you know, you choose to focus on the good things that there were. And, you know, to me, I also love Paul's perspective. It's like if he really means to live as Christ and to die as gain, it's like it's not even like he, you know, he may cut out the bad memories a little bit, but even the bad memories to him, it's like they came through the filter of Christ Mm -hmm. and his plan for him. And so it's like it was all a win. It's like I can't even imagine. Like I mean, I, I say that I, I I think I live with that assurance every day. But man, to be able to be in the inner prison, like you were saying, like how much worse can it get? You know. And yet, even then, he's like, "Hey, I rejoice. It was all for good, and this is what I'm choosing to give my focus to." How can you not win with that sort of perspective? Absolutely. So, as it relates to the new year, I mean, sure, it's fine to come up with ten things on your resolution list. But how about the first thing on your resolution list being that, hey, I'm going to choose to master my memories. I'm not going to let the memories of mistakes I've made, Mm -hmm. what I've done or what's been done to me, to hold me out of my potential for the new year. And I think before we can think about I want to do these three things, we need to say, hey, I'm not going back there. In other words, you've got to get over it. Let it go. Let go the bad things that happened last year, the bad things that happened three years ago, five years ago. Quit reliving those things and determine as you move into this new year that you're going to master the memories of the past. Uh, The second thing I see uh, from the book of Philippians here is, again, has to do with the focus and attention. Uh, And and the, the principle, I would say, is... Focus on eternity. Mm-hmm. Focus on we're we're distracted by so many things that mean so little in the big scope of things. Wow! And we're talking about this millennial mindset where we're so captivated by our attention. Yeah. Well, Paul, one of the secrets to his success, even though he endured so much, is he focused on the higher plane. Mm-hmm. He focused on eternity. Learning what really is important will help you live a life of purposeful and meaningful action and being satisfied. I've always heard that we tend to move toward what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you've driven with me in a car, so you know yeah. that that's pretty much accurate. It's like I'm, <laughs> if I'm looking to the, the building on the left, and that's the way the car tends to be. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the Mr. Magoo of driving, Kath says. But, uh, <laughs> but it's so true that we tend to move toward what we focus on. How would it change the year 2019 for our listeners if we just at the beginning of the year said okay i'm going to master my memories and put them in the right place and then i'm going to elevate my attention and my focus to eternity wow in other words i'm going to be looking for god in this situation yeah uh 
you know, Paul was that way. And, and I'll read a passage here in chapter 1. And there's so many famous passages that are pulled out of Philippians. But chapter mm-hmm. 1, verse, not, uh, verse uh, 19 through 26, he says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. He's talking about what he's gone through. Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit in Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. And this, the famous verse, for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Right. He was so focused on eternity that he considered himself to be the embodiment of Jesus in every situation he walked in. In other words, he said, for me to live is for me to offer a vehicle for Christ to live. For wow. me to live is Christ. To die is gain. So he, and imagine that. Imagine every conversation, every challenge, every difficulty. He was thinking, where is Jesus in this? And am I accurately reflecting the character, nature, and presence of Jesus in this circumstance? I mean, how would it change our year? Oh, my yeah. goodness. It would change our year profoundly. This year, choose to be the reflection of Christ's presence in every situation you find yourself. That's so good. I think, you know, I've heard it said before that if you'll just do a, a, just a brief overview of church history and, 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 and in the body of Christ, you would find that uh, those that did the most in this life simply thought of the next the most. And so the idea was the more we're focused on eternity Absolutely. and the promise, the more value we add in the moment. And, you know, that that's kind of against the culture because the culture is kind of live for the now, you know, carpe diem, you know, it's, you know, let's, let's get it while the getting yeah. is good. Let's do now. Whenever Paul, like you said, he's so obsessed on, on eternity, it really puts now in perspective. And so that's kind of what you're talking about, about, you know, where's God at? Where am I at? Whenever we really get focused on that eternal backdrop, I think all of a sudden everything comes into focus. I heard it said uh, by another guy one time that usually in humanity, we make progress in a certain area simply by measuring success in that area. And so I think when we live with eternity as that scope, it really shows us where where we're at. You know, he's saying the answer to the first question may be yeah. you know, the answer to yeah. the second. And that gives us a scope to say, all right, this is how we can measure and move forward in this area. Yeah. I love that. Well, then I think, you know, the, the writer of Scripture would say in another place, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher, finisher of yeah. our faith, that, that having that eternal perspective, being able to say, I'm focused, I'm living here now, so I'm not like this weird guy that's always gone, always living outside the present. I know, right. we, I know we have to live in the present. My right. suggestion is, though, that God is in the present with you. Right. That that there is an eternal perspective to be applied yeah. in every situation and circumstance. Yeah. And if you never have your eyes fixed on eternity, that you'll never be able to introduce His presence into the difficulty of the here and now. Wow. And so we're so constantly good. inviting Him into the here and now by being tuned in to eternity. And that was one of Paul's secrets. It wasn't just being able to master his memory, which clearly he did, our first principle. Yeah. But he also was focused on eternity. And I think that's what uh, that enabled him to endure so much with such a good attitude, is that he said, look, I understand the reality that if mm-hmm. I'm here, then Christ wants to be here in me. Right. And eventually he'll take me, and that's a gain for me, yeah. and I'll be with him. But right now he's here with me. Wow. You know, that, that simple dichotomy of then I'll be with him, 
now he's here with me. Right. And and being aware of that. So the second principle is learning to focus on eternity. The third big shift that I see in Philippians that I think helps us prepare ourselves for a great year yeah. is that Paul admonishes us, and so does the Scripture in his general teaching, to live to serve. Yes. Not live to be served, but wow. live to serve. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 is the great service passage, right? I mean, yeah. we all point to that. Jesus came to serve and to sacrifice. Let me let me read that. Uh, in chapter 2, verse 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant. And coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And so we here we find that Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And I'm remembering when the disciples were arguing over, you know, who was the greatest in the kingdom. Yeah. And Jesus is trying to teach them something, right? And he says this incredibly profound thing. He says, and you have to understand his identity, right? Who he was. Right. He created everything that is. He's God. He's God in the flesh. He's the creator of all that is. Yeah. Everything exists, according to Paul, everything exists by his authority and by his superintending power. Yeah. That's a pretty heady deal, right? I mean, (laughs) he's like the man. (laughs) Yeah, the man. Yeah. But here's what he says. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then Paul echoes that. The greatest surefire way to find success in any year is to make your decision that you're not here to be served, that you're here to serve, that live to serve. We are all called to serve. It's the Jesus way. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Jesus way. I always like to say it this way to leaders, and I know a lot of leaders are listening to this podcast, it's easier to train a servant to lead than a leader to serve. That's so good. You know, so I, you've heard me say a thousand times, God didn't call you to lead. I tell our DLI students every time I have an opportunity to talk to them is wow. just settle it right up front. None of you are called to lead. Wow. You're all called to serve. Yes. And in your service, there'll be people that will be inspired to follow. And there's yeah. a responsibility. And so we equip you with leadership skills. That's the way I like to think of it. We're equipping right. servants with right. leadership skills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really what destiny's all about. We're equipping servants with leadership skills. And that's really the heart of the Lord because he came to serve. So quit trying to quit. I mean, this year, let me admonish you in the strongest terms I can. Don't be a consumer Christian. Don't be a consumer leader. Uh, God didn't call you to be a scorekeeper or a fruit inspector or a sermon evaluator or even an evaluator of your own life and success. Wow. He called you to lay your life down, pick up your towel, and get busy. Wow. You want to be? You want to put something on your resolution list this year? Put that on your resolution list. Pick up the towel and get busy. Yeah. Man, that is so good. That's got to preach on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so thankful, too, that I've had that instilled in me, and I've been able to pass that same sort of concept reality to the young people that God's called me to lead. And I see them kind of following me as I'm following uh, the people that God has you know, put in my life to lead me as I serve them. And it's just it's and it's so easier that way. And you know what service feels like because it doesn't feel like, oh, I've got a scepter in my hand and I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. It really feels like, man, there's a need God's given me an opportunity to help meet that need, and somebody's got to do it. And that that place of sacrifice is where the blessing is. Somebody is, you're right, somebody is suffering, somebody needs prayer, somebody is desperate. And a lot of times we will walk past that need in pursuit of our biggest opportunity. We will walk 
past our highest level of achievement to get to some lower rung of opportunity that was on our resolution list. Wow. And I'm just saying, let's sync up with God. Let's find out, where is God in this? I mean, in other words, if I'm walking down the street and here's this person suffering, where is God? He stopped there with a suffering person. He's not pursuing my next big breakthrough. He's pursuing help. So if I'll find God in that situation... Focus on eternity in that situation. Deal with my memories. Yeah. Then it positions me to literally choose to live to serve. There's where success is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, honestly, if fame and money could produce happiness, then everybody in Hollywood would be writing self-help books instead of being the wow. number one suicide capital of the world. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, the fact is that stuff don't satisfy. No. And I'm concerned that so many things we put on our, our New Year's resolution list are really designed to make us feel better about ourselves and are really not in in tune with what God has planned for our lives. Find God's plan and God's plan service. And and so there, you know, boom, kapow. (laughs) There you go. One last one that I want to impart today out of the book of Philippians is to pursue your purpose. So here's the irony is don't miss the opportunities to serve, but also pursue your purpose your purpose and in my little notes that i prepared I, I, I said think about this if you pursue everything you'll be running in a hundred different directions you can't pursue everything wow we all have a variety of activities we're all multitaskers in this culture we have to be to do all the things that we do yeah but you can't really pursue everything like that wow you know you may do 10 different things today but you're pursuing something right You know, you're not pursuing 10 different things. You're pursuing something. Something. You're pursuing your purpose. Find your purpose and pursue your purpose. Uh, Everyone has a purpose that was born in the heart of God. You're not a mistake. The leadership situation you're in today is not a mistake. God's. We make our plans, but God orders our steps. You're not an afterthought. Uh, I want to read a passage out of Paul's writings here, again, to the Philippian church. Chapter 3, verse 12, and he says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, that's that sinking up, right? Yeah, that's yeah. finding God. Where am I and where is God? Right. I mean, so he says, there is a reason Jesus called me. Yeah. And I'm pressing toward that purpose. Yeah. He said, I'll read it again. He says, that I may lay hold for that which Christ Jesus has also, also laid hold of me. And he goes on to say, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, he says, I haven't finished the job that God called me to finish. But he said, I have done this. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He said, I've mastered my memory. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not saying, ladies and gentlemen, that you shouldn't do a lot of different things. I understand the demands on your life, but I'm saying you can't pursue everything. That you may do a bunch of stuff, but you're pursuing something. And make sure that the something that you're pursuing is the reason God envisioned you as a leader and a servant to begin with. We don't want to do this by accident. Decide what it is. Make a plan. Uh, get a get a clarity, a clarified understanding of what it is God's called you to do. I used to have a professor, Jared, that said it this way: "He who aims at nothing usually hits it." Wow! 
profound, right? Yeah, but so true. He who aims at nothing usually hits it. And I think that if you're not careful in this culture, you'll get so distracted by the myriad of things that want your attention that you'll wind up pursuing nothing. And so make sure that you find your purpose and that purpose is embedded in the heart of God's will for your life. And then amongst all the things that you do, mm-hmm. make sure that you're pursuing the purpose that God had in mind when he called you. And that's what Paul tells us. That's the lessons that we learn from the book of Philippians that we begin our year with and that we begin this Destiny Leaders podcast with mm-hmm. is that heart to master our memories be people of the future. Be people not of the past, but right. future. Learn to focus on eternity. Uh, learn to serve above everything else. Wow. And find your purpose and make it your pursuit. That's so good. A moment of silence on the air. <laughs> I'm just shook. I, I, I love it. Well, yeah. and I, I think I'd, I'd say this in, in reflection. I was just, I feel like even that fourth one was hitting me. That's why I'm so quiet and subdued a little bit is, just that there, there's several things I do. There's several opportunities I have. I mean, learning in my life, in the season of my life, it's like even though I know what I'm called to do, there's so many open doors, so many routes. Technology, communication, it's made it more accessible than ever. Everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got a philosophy. And yeah. everybody's got an opportunity you know, to do something. And um, I think I have to go back to when God called me. It's like it was so clear. And it was when I was 16. I can go back to that moment and remember. And I think that why, that purpose, that gripping, it's it's really on the inside of me. Mm -hmm. It takes a thousand directions. It takes 10 opportunities. It takes three, you know, ideas. And it really boils them down into this one simple roadmap whenever I can just feel the Lord. And like you said, know where he's at, know where I'm at. And so I'm, I'm to use a 21st century word, I'm shook over listening to this uh, listening yeah. to this this point I want to pursue my purpose with everything this year yeah. you know Paul did mm-hmm. I mean there were times he made tents and he and he told the Ephesian elders on the island Miletus when he's mm-hmm. headed to Jerusalem and they wept together and he said with these hands I have provided for myself and those who are part of my company yeah so he wasn't a, he wasn't uh, afraid or that he didn't avoid doing other things. But even working in the mind of Paul was in pursuit of his calling. Yeah. In other words, everything he did was advancing his purpose. Wow. Even if it wasn't directly related. Right. He he was so singularly focused on the purpose that God to the degree in one to the degree in one place he says, I'm being led about in chains. He considered himself a bondservant. Yeah. He even mentions that in this book because he opens a bondservant of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so, um, so I hope this has helped today. I, I hope this yes. this first podcast will be the one that you'll determine that hey, this year, 2019 is going to be the absolute best year I've ever lived. But it's not going to be because I checked ten things off my resolution list. Right. It's going to be because I have stopped for a moment to say, wait, what's really important, and right. where is God in all this? And then I want to synchronize myself with God because there's where success is. And I hope you've enjoyed this today. Jared, thanks for joining me. Thanks, thanks for having for the me. insight. We're so going to have excited. a lot of fun in yes. the days ahead. A lot of interesting guests. This podcast is yeah. going to be released frequently, and you can find out exactly when by visiting the Destiny website, destinyleaders.com. And uh, we look forward to meeting you again. And our prayer for you is that you absolutely have the best year you've ever had. And remember, we're always here to serve. God bless you. Yes, sir.
Jesus. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Destiny Leaders Podcast. If this episode has inspired you in any way, we'd love for you to take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like a copy of today's notes, visit destinyleaders.com forward slash show notes. You can also sign up to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox when they are released. Join us next time as we continue to develop the leader in you.